In the grand scheme of things, I, I can't complain. 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 Who's gonna complain? Huh? Him? I'm gonna sit here and complain. It's the I Can Complain podcast. My name is John. I fucked up. Last week I fucked up. I could come on here and pretend like everything in my life is going well, but it's not. I visited the Midwest last week voluntarily, mind you. The way I talk shit about the Midwest on this show, you would think that I had to be kidnapped, put in the trunk of a car, taken to Iowa, and dropped off in a cornfield for me to ever visit the Midwest. But no, I did it. Of my own free will, I decided to go to the Midwest, and I instantly regretted it as soon as I arrived. Yes, I crossed the state lines into Michigan, and the skin tones got lighter, and the noses got pointier. And I realized that I was possibly surrounded by Polacks, and I said, God damn, these people might be related to me. This is the last thing I need. When I go on vacation, I don't want to be hanging around people that are possibly related to me. And before the Polish people get up in arms, before those of Slavic descent get angry at me, remember that I'm one of you. I just don't want to eat boiled potatoes and pierogies when I'm on vacation. I'd like something a little bit interesting. And that's not something the Polish people possess. So I entered the state... The skin tone started getting lighter. The hair started getting lighter. A lot of people with light eyes, light complexions, people that haven't seen the sun in possibly generations, they've lived their entire lives without ever seeing the sun. That's how it goes in Ohio and Michigan. I know how it goes. But at the same time, I'd be lying to you guys if I told you that I wasn't comfortable in the Rust Belt. I'd be lying if I told you that I wasn't comfortable with gloomy, depressing conditions. I kind of like that shit. I'm going to be real with you. I kind of like that shit. I grew up in Ohio, and when I grew up in Ohio, you didn't get to see much of the sun. It was gloomy, it was cold, it was depressing, it was miserable, and I kind of get off on that shit. It's the same reason that I like winter, because everything around me, everything in the natural environment just dies off. I get a confidence boost when I'm in certain areas during spring, and I see a butterfly, and I say to myself, hey, that butterfly will be dead come winter, but guess what? I won't be. I'm going to survive. I'm going to outlive that fucking butterfly, and that makes me feel good. That's probably the same reason I don't like the sea turtles like I talked about last time. Because sea turtles are one of the few things that I look at, and I'm like, this son of a bitch is going to outlive me, and he knows it right now. He's just smiling back at me, and he knows that he's going to live for 250 years. I had to get the fuck out of Michigan, though, before I fucked around and I bought a snowblower. I was in Michigan this past week, and every other ad was just trying to convince me that I needed a snowblower. And by the time that I left, I was pretty sure that I actually did. It got to a point to where I was considering stopping at Home Depot and perusing their snowblower section. I was phoning friends back in North Carolina and seeing if they wanted me to pick up a snowblower for them while I was up there. I was doing the math and I was trying to figure out how many snowblowers I could fit in the trunk of my Honda Civic. That's where I was at. That's why it's dangerous to visit the Midwest because you end up involved in shit like that. Trying to buy multiple snowblowers even though you don't need one. Some of the ads on the radio, though, they were fear-mongering at their finest, and they worked on me. They were saying shit like, the lake effect snow's coming. The last thing you want to be is trapped inside all winter long with your family. Buy a snowblower now. I'm like, holy shit, I don't even have a family. I don't even live here, and I still need to buy a snowblower. And they were advertising features on snowblowers that I never even knew existed. Some of these snowblowers basically woke up early in the morning They'd cook you breakfast, they'd take your kids to the bus stop, they'd come home, they'd blow your snow, and then they'd do your laundry for you. 
That's the way these radio ads made it sound. These were full-service snowblowers. The radio ads made it sound like these snowblowers could solve all your problems in life. But they kept saying over and over again on the ads, the radio ads, they kept saying, the lake effect snow's coming, the lake effect snow's coming, you don't want to be trapped inside. How about we just drain the lakes? What about that? How about we drain the Great Lakes? Huron, Erie, Lake Michigan, get rid of all of them. I don't give a damn about any of them. I've never met anyone in my entire goddamn life that gives a shit about Lake Superior. Straight up. I've never heard anyone say, oh, I like Lake Superior. Nobody cares about Lake Superior. People wouldn't care if Lake Superior disappeared and dried up tomorrow. They'd be thankful that they didn't have to buy their snowblowers. Lake Superior sounds like an asshole anyway. I don't know if that's a self-appointed title that the lake gave itself or if somebody named it that. But I have a hard time believing that Lake Superior is actually superior to the rest of the Great Lakes and the lakes everywhere found on Earth. I'm just saying that Lake Superior sounds like an asshole. It's not a place that I'm interested in visiting. That's for goddamn sure. So I had to get the hell out of Michigan, so I went to Ohio. That's where I'm from. I'm not proud of that, but I went to Ohio. I had plans in Cincinnati. It's where I'm from, but I decided to stay at a hotel. It was late night. It was almost midnight, and I stopped at a random hotel. I walked in, and the guy at the front desk, he said, we only have two rooms left. I overbooked this place. I said, that's not good. He said, no, it's all right. We just cleared out the space that we normally let our maids stay in, and we've opened it up to guests. You don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear that you're staying where the maids stay. And you might be saying to yourself, John, what's wrong with staying in the maid's quarters? It's kind of like when you go to a restaurant and you have a chef that makes beautiful food. He'll make you a great steak, best baked potato you've ever had in your life, cream spinach that'll knock your socks off. And then that same chef goes home and he heats up bologna in the microwave, puts a piece of cold American cheese on top of it, halfway expired white bread and crams it in his mouth. Well, he watches Mork and Mindy on television. He's watching rerun. I don't know what's going on here. He's watching. (laughs) Sometimes I go on tangents and I don't even know what I'm talking about. He's watching reruns of Mork and Mindy at home eating bologna on white bread. My point is sometimes people don't try when they leave their job. The maid's quarters probably aren't well taken care of. That's what I'm saying. The maids probably live in filth and they're not interested in cleaning up their own quarters. So if you're staying in the maid's quarters, don't expect it to be clean. The other frightening realization that I had, I don't know why they're watching Mork and Mindy, by the way. I'm not even sure that you can watch Mork and Mindy on television anymore. That's been off the air since before I was born. But the other frightening realization that I came to is, if the maids aren't staying in their quarters, they're either not there, they've either been sent home and the property's going neglected, or they set up tents behind the dumpsters out back and the maids are living like refugees which they probably were not too long ago. They've escaped third world countries to come to America and clean our rooms. And we've got them sleeping in tents out by the pool that's decrepit beyond belief that nobody swam in for years. These maids are sleeping on cold asphalt. We've got tent cities popping up outside every comfort and holiday inn across this nation. And why? Because of American capitalism. Because the hotel owner said, we're going to sell three more rooms tonight. And guess what? You're sleeping under the stars. Bring a tent if you want, but if not, you're sleeping on the cold goddamn ground out by the pole. And I'm not a very caring individual, but I do have a lot of sympathy for maids that escaped third world countries. They escaped war-torn countries just to come sleep on the asphalt in Cincinnati, Ohio, surrounded by people that eat chili on spaghetti and put tartar sauce on hamburgers. I mean, that's fucked. That's really fucked. 
but I did take the room. I said, oh, I'm, I'm happy that you kicked him out because now I have a room to sleep in. So for a brief moment, I was happy that I had some place to sleep and my happiness, it didn't last long. My basic mantra when it comes to renting a hotel room is, you want to get a hotel, you don't want to get a motel room. And this wasn't a motel. If you are staying in a motel though, if your exterior of your hotel room, if the door is exposed to the elements, you better be ready to do some drugs that night. That's not a bad thing, that's just the reality. You better be ready to possibly pay a pimp for a woman. If you're staying in a motel, get ready to pay up because you're going to be doing drugs and you're going to be fucking hookers whether you like it or not. And I was worn out. I honestly was. I said to myself, I can't stay in a motel tonight. I'm not up for that amount of fun. I'm not ready to have unprotected sex with a hooker and do drugs that I've never even heard of. I've never tried ice, but I don't want to try it tonight. Maybe tomorrow, but not tonight. So I said, I'm not staying in a motel. I'll find a hotel. I found a hotel. I found this hotel. I was happy I had a place to sleep. I'm unloading my car and I go to enter through the side door. And that's when the shit hit the fan. I'm minding my own business. I'm not making eye contact with anybody. I have my suitcase. I have my backpack. And I go to enter through the side door and a guy sees me. And he says, hey, let me help you. He says, this hotel's really filling up tonight. Let me get the door for you. I said, yeah, there were only two rooms left when I booked this hotel room. He said, oh shit, I've been here for two weeks. And he swiped me in. And like an idiot, I asked him, I said, oh, is this hotel nice? I knew it wasn't nice, but I still asked him if it was nice. And he said, yeah, I've been here two weeks. I have no complaints. I said, god damn. This isn't good. There's a series of issues that we need to unpack with this little altercation that I just had with this man. First issue is, he's swiping me in. I don't even have to get my key card out. There's no security at this hotel because this motherfucker's just standing on the side of the building, chain-smoking Newport cigarettes, letting people in willy-nilly. He didn't know whether I was staying there or not, but he still let me in. So I said, fuck, there's no security here. The other thing that we need to address is, You do not want to be staying in a hotel where people are establishing long-term residencies. This motherfucker's been at this hotel for two weeks. This isn't Las Vegas where Siegfried and Roy set up a residency at the fucking Bellagio for two weeks to do their shows with the animals. This isn't that. This is a man who has no job, who set up semi-permanent residence at a fucking Quality Inn outside of Cincinnati, Ohio. This is a man with nothing going for him in his life. I can guarantee that. He's been kicked out of the house. His wife and kids don't want anything to do with him anymore. And he's moved into the Quality Inn in Blue Ash, Ohio. That's fucked. That is fucked. I didn't want anything to do with this man, but I said to myself, hey, if he actually had a job, this is where they would probably mail his tax forms to. I know he doesn't have a job, but if he did... This is his new permanent residence. This is where the government thinks that he's going to live out the remainder of his pathetic ass life. This is an individual that isn't self-aware enough to any extent to realize that he's living in crappy ass quarters. He's living in a place where I didn't even want to be for 12 hours just to sleep. He's been there for two weeks and he has no complaints. I've been on the property for 30 seconds and I have 10 minutes worth of complaints that I can talk about on this show. Shit, before I even got on the property, there wasn't even any parking. Before I even entered the hotel, I had complaints. 
For God's sakes, man, find something to complain about. Don't tell me you don't have any complaints. Look around. The pool that we're standing next to right now, old man, hasn't had a chlorine treatment since the Nixon administration. Even the stray cats at the McDonald's next to the hotel refuse to step foot on this property to scavenge for food. And to be real, I'm making jokes. I'm not exaggerating the situation. I'm just making jokes about the situation that I was in, the situation that I was faced with. But when you're interacting, when you're interacting with the bottom rung of society, the dretches of society, people that haven't had a job since the first Bush administration, pimps, hookers, drug dealers, people that are just trying to get by, get their next fix, and maybe get a solid night of sleep so they can get up in the morning and go sell some crack. That's the people that I was interacting with, and it can be sort of depressing. It's part of the reason why I've never bought into that bullshit, a lot of the social media bullshit. You've got to live for today. You've got to live in the moment. You meet people that are actually living for today, people that are not concerned about the future at all, people that are just going from fix to fix. You meet people that are living in the moment, They'll scare the shit out of you. They really will. But I thought that it was depressing meeting the people outside, roaming the grounds on the exterior of this building. And then I wandered into the room, which is far more frightening than anything I have ever encountered before in my entire life. It looked like someone had unlocked a special section of Wish that was a clearance section. It looked like someone had went on Timu and hunted around for furniture, determined that it would cost $17 to furnish each room, and said, fuck it, we can't spend that. We've got to find a cheaper option. I don't know where they found this furniture. I don't know how you get furniture this fucking shitty, but they did it. I was honestly sort of impressed. If I didn't have to stay there that night, I would have been impressed. There was one chair in the room, no desk, because they know nobody's doing work. They had a few surfaces for you to do some cocaine off of, but they didn't have a desk. But I looked at this chair, and the chair was so brittle and so dry that I was thankful that it wasn't wintertime yet because just a light heat off of a radiator would have been enough to fully engulf this place in flames. Every chair in this motherfucker would have went up instantly if anybody would have turned on the heat. It was a depressing situation. I laid on the bed. I said, I'm just going to watch some TV and I'm going to go to sleep because I can't stand to be awake in this environment. I'll give them credit. There were no insects in the place. Nothing was nesting in my room, thankfully. I'm glad that I didn't have a fucking flock of birds flying in the middle of the night. That's what I thought might happen. But I said, I'm just going to lay on the bed and I'm just going to watch a little television and then I'll go to sleep. I turned on the television it was bootleg satellite. I've had bootleg satellite before. This was bootleg satellite, which I kind of appreciate. I said, oh, well, maybe I saved a dollar on this room because they're not paying for Time Warner cable. But none of the channels made sense. I couldn't surf properly. I ended up just watching the History Channel because it's the only channel that I could actually properly tune in and find. I didn't want to watch the History Channel, but I ended up watching the History Channel. And I've got to tell you guys, the History Channel... It's off the fucking chains, bro. There's no other way that I can say it. I don't usually watch the History Channel. In fact, it's probably been three or four years since I tuned into the History Channel and all it has to offer. And immediately, when I turned on the History Channel the other night, there was a dude on there talking about fucking reptilian species of humans on the History Channel. I said, nothing's changed. Some shit don't change. They're just talking about bullshit on here. It was just some so-called scientist with absolutely no credentials talking about how an alien might have descended from the heavens. 
impregnated Eve in the Garden of fucking Eden, and then fucking escaped in his spaceship back to God knows where. I mean, it was truly crazy shit. Shit that I can't even conceptualize as being anywhere close to reality. But I'm watching this so-called scientist talk all this crazy shit on the History Channel while I lay in this dimly lit motel room. Hotel room, excuse me. I'm laying in this dimly lit hotel room, and I look over on the bedside, and I forgot to tell you guys, I found a pretty nice knife while I was in Michigan. I found it in a parking lot. I picked it up. It turns out it's actually worth a bit of money. It's a nice knife. I look next to me on the bedstand, though, and I have next to me on the bedstand, within arm's length, my knife my wallet, my watch, and my cell phone. Clearly, I've decided to keep my valuables close to me. And basically what I'm telling you guys is, if you didn't know the situation, you would think that I was ready to protect myself on a moment's notice in case anybody busted through the door and I was out of my goddamn mind and I was buying into all the shit that they were trying to sell me on the History Channel. It looked like I was just paranoid and crazy. That's what it looked like. It was a sad fucking night, guys. I was about ready to fall asleep, though. I was in the hotel room. And I always make fun of people who order food delivery just because a lot of it is impulse eating and it's a waste of money. And I don't know why people waste their money on that shit. But then I was laying in that bed in that shitty hotel and a Burger King commercial came on at 1230 in the morning. And I thought to myself, I actually had this thought. I said, I'll give anything for that burger from Burger King right now. Like, you can have my bank account number, you can have my PIN number, so you can withdraw whatever you want. Take whatever you need, just give me the burgers. I don't even like Burger King, I don't even eat Burger King, but in that moment, I said to myself, hell, it's probably been five years since I've had Burger King, but they showed that burger, and the team, the prop design team, whoever made it for that commercial, I know it's not real food, but whoever designed that prop for that commercial, that Burger King burger looked pretty good. And I said to myself, I wish I had one of those son of a bitches right now. And then I rolled over and I went to sleep and thankfully I didn't die. I woke up and I was still alive. Now I wasn't as happy as I normally am when I wake up because I was waking up in the Midwest, but I was happy to just be alive. The Midwest, it's the land where dreams go to die. Holy shit, and I thought growing up in Russia was bad. Jessica's popped her head up from under the desk. I can't believe you were so paranoid that you slept with a knife on you. I didn't sleep with a knife. I found a knife, Jessica. Oh yeah, you didn't turn it into lost and found? No, I didn't turn it into lost and found. Well, I guess that's what people say. You don't look a gifted horse in the mouth. It's not what they say, Jessica. It's you don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Oh, that's not how I understood it. I thought we were talking about smart horses. No, we're not talking about smart horses. It means when a horse gives you a gift that you... I don't know what it means. Nobody knows what that phrase means. Oh, okay. Do you remember those gifted classes in school? Yeah, I remember the gifted classes in school. I think those were the classes for the kids that the teachers thought were socially awkward and retarded, and it turns out that the kids were just socially awkward. So they put them in the gifted classes. Who knows, Jessica? Why do you keep talking about horses? A couple weeks ago, you were talking about barbecuing horse and a burn barrel under the desk. She's living under the desk like a hobo, guys. I've got some leftover horse meat if you want me to make some... Horse meat sandwiches. No, I don't want any horse meat sandwiches. Get the fuck out of here. The way you live, you'd be more than comfortable at that hotel that I stayed at. I'll see you guys next Tuesday, but right now I've got to go. I've got to go get a snowblower and some Burger King. Bye.
Evidently, everyone around me is eating kielbasa sausages on a regular basis. I can't make this shit up. I was in a group with three other people recently. They're all talking about their love for kielbasa sausages. They're pounding sausage after sausage down their throats on a regular basis. I said, who eats kielbasa sausages more than once in a blue moon? They're eating them every day. They can't get enough kielbasa sausages. I said, fuck, I gotta get new friends. Right. I gotta get new friends. I cannot continue to hang You're around the these people. They're just all talking about their love of kielbasa sausages, where they buy their kielbasa sausages, how they cook their kielbasa sausages. Fuck me. I think you could. I was on my way back from the Midwest. I was driving through the middle of nowhere. I pulled up to a marathon gas station. A guy walks up to my car before I could even get out. First thing I told him, I said, go on somewhere else, man. I don't have any change. Go get some change for some fentanyl off somebody else. And he said, no, I'm here so I can pump your gas. This is my job. This is all I do. I said, for real? He said, yeah, it's a full service gas station. I wanted to tell the son of a bitch that he's in a dead end job. I said, that's the definition of a dead end job. You're pumping gas at the middle of a dead end road in the middle of nowhere. It's 2023, get another job. I have seen several people recently that have been FaceTiming or IG living at gas pumps. I guess that's the new popular spot to IG live at. Like, oh, this is how we're flexing. You have $35 and you're proud that you can fill up your tank. So you're gonna go on Facebook live at the gas pumps. At least go to the full service gas station and get on IG live there. That's a harder flex. Like, I have $35, and I'm not even pumping my own gas today. I've got this gas jockey filling up my car. Fuck me. I can't complain.com is the home of this program. We're found everywhere that you find podcasts, and even some places where you don't. We're even found in the Midwest. See you guys next Tuesday. Do you love me? Do I love you? We just met a couple of minutes ago. For all I know, you might be a pot-smoking, jaded, wild-eyed, radical dropout. I, I am a pot smoking, jaded, wild eyed radical drummer. I love you. Say it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nope, 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 nope. Oh, yeah.